MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. It is that time, folks. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside the city of Chicago. And for the next hour here on Rush Hour, we still will be doing the same thing as we typically do on Tuesdays, which is kick it off with Teaser Tuesday, where we still talk about the upcoming NFL slate and which games could present a good teaser opportunity. And look, it's not going to necessarily be in the exact historical successful spots that we always like to note out because these games are a little bit unique, but we'll still offer what could be good spots momentarily. But to preview what's going to be going on later in the show, 15 minutes from now, how about host of the Los Angeles City Cast? Danielle Elvari will be joining us. She will talk about those upcoming NFL games because, look, we got the Cardinals and the Rams. Her interest with the Los Angeles Rams will certainly be put on display during that segment. I know they've been frustrating, and especially when Danielle's looking to back them or the Chargers. She doesn't have to worry about the Chargers now, but we got to get her thoughts on the Rams. And then we'll keep it in touch with California at least. We'll talk about the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Cowboys. And then we will also gather her thoughts on an L.A. basketball team tonight. The Clippers hosting the Nuggets. A lot of injuries all throughout, but still a very intriguing betting angle with this line at three moving in favor of the Nuggets. So 15 minutes from now, Danielle will discuss that. Half hour from now, we'll get deeper into the NBA slate. Over at Rotowire, senior NBA editor Nick Whalen will be hopping on to give us some of his top plays for the slate on this Tuesday night. And speaking of best plays, 45 minutes from now, you know what we do. Danny's Dimes, my best bets for the night. Got a couple in hockey and one for the NFL postseason. But let's go ahead and get things kicked off here on Tuesday with one of our favorite segments, Teaser Tuesday for the NFL Wild Card Weekend. Which spots could you see as, well, really favorable in terms of implementing the teaser? So... Let's begin it with the first game Saturday, 3.35 p.m. Central Time kickoff. You've got the Bengals and the Raiders. Now, of course, as I always preface a teaser like we kind of like to tee up in case you're unfamiliar, is a bet that allows you to manipulate the line by six, six and a half, or seven points, and you need at least two legs on it, and they both got to hit in order for you to win. So, for example, if you had the Bengals at minus six, you could tease them down six and just get them at a pick meaning they would just have to win the game outright. Historically, the most successful spots are home favorites of just over seven, meaning seven and a half up to eight and a half, 
because you tease him down by six, you cross through the key numbers of seven and three, and then the other side, short home and or road dogs catching plus one and a half to plus two and a half, then you cross up through the key numbers of three and seven. But since it's a limited amount of games, we're kind of making exceptions with some of these teasers, and there still are some viable options in my opinion. So we begin with that one we just gave the example of, the Bengals and the Raiders, where Cincinnati pretty much five and a half, six point favorite right around there. But the idea is instead of laying that number with Cincinnati, if you tease them down, then you would just need Cincinnati to win the game outright against this Las Vegas Raiders squad. Now, it's a tough week for the Raiders, presumably, coming into this because, well, you had the hectic, insane game on Sunday night. So, not by much, but still a shorter week. The defense was just absolutely burned out for, what, over like 90 snaps on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, this team, you got to think, worn out going on the road, first round of the playoffs against a team that they didn't do too well earlier this season at home. They lost to the Bengals 32-13. to Now, after all of that, might be hard to expect the win out of them. Nevertheless, if we really applied this spread to what these teams have done all season like we always do, this would just be straight-up records, naturally, because in order to win the teaser, Bengals would have to win the game, which their record 10-7. and Raiders also 10-7 and because in order to lose, well, the Raiders would have to beat the Bengals. Bengals do have an average winning margin of 14.5 overall at home, specifically by 12. The Raiders, in terms of a losing margin, 20 on the road. Not that it matters in terms of how much at this point because you just need him to win outright, but I very much like this angle of teasing down Cincinnati. I know the line is actually coming down in favor of Las Vegas, which I don't necessarily disagree with, but I'll wait to see where this number actually ends up before I make this an official play, if I do, because I do think teasing down Cincinnati is the right call. You're getting guys back off the COVID list. They had some of their guys rest naturally last week, so they're going to be ready to go, and I just think they're the more talented team with the home field advantage. Raiders coming off that crazy game. All signs point toward teasing down Bengals being a profitable venture. Let's see if there's another one in our midst, though, on Saturday. And Saturday night at that, 7.15 p.m. Central Time, you're getting another game between the Bills and the Patriots, which is awesome, but maybe would have been cooler to see it a little bit later in the postseason. Nevertheless, still excited for this one, and there's still some love for Buffalo because currently they're a four-point favorite. This total's at 43.5. We'll see if this number continues to creep down, but the potential teaser option here would be to tease up New England. And not necessarily a six-point teaser because it looks like consensus spread is four. So you could opt in to do the six-and-a-half-point teaser. So you would cross through the seven and the ten. And we know ten is somewhat of a keyish number as well. And you don't want to be set at ten. You'd want to get the hook. So that's why you would implement the six-and-a-half. Or you could wait to see if it pops back up to four-and-a-half. So then you could just do the six-point teaser to ten in the hook. Look, so I'm not telling you to do I'm saying this could be the teaser option that would be best suited here. We, you don't want to cross the arrows. That's why we're absolutely not teasing down Buffalo, but the Patriots would be the right angle to take. So in order to win then, if you teased up New England at plus 10.5, they would have to lose by 10 or less, naturally. And or in order to win, New England would have to lose by 10 or 10 and, uh, 10 and a half or less, excuse me, to lose the bet. Buffalo would have to win by 11 and, or more. So if we apply this spread to each of their games this season, which I like to do, so if the Patriots were catching 10 in the hook this season for every single game, they would be 15-2 and two against the spread. They lost week 3, 28-13 versus Saints. And actually, the other time was when they faced the Bills and lost 33-21. to 21. So something interesting to note out. 
And remember, that first game, yes, the Patriots did take care of business, 14-10 to 10 in Buffalo. That was that game where there was an insane amount of wind, wind gusts, and they were just running the ball left and right. But then in more of a normal setting type of game, Bills came back to Foxborough, won that game 33-21. to 21. I kind of like, I, I wouldn't blame you teasing up the Patriots in this spot. I, I don't disagree with that whatsoever. But personally, for this game specifically, I'm kind of waiting to see if more love comes in on New England. It might just go with the Bills on the spread, whether it's three and a half, seeing what the price down to three is. It stays at four, might entertain Buffalo on the spread still at that point. But I like the Bills in this game. And when they've won, they've won very impressively, as we just alluded to beating the Patriots by a decent amount. The Bills have an average winning margin of over 22 this season. So keep that in mind, and we did see that happen once they beat the Patriots. They did win by more than 10 in the hook. Let's talk about the Bucks and the Eagles here. Bucks were a teaser spot that we included in one of our legs. However, the Bears and uh, Andy Dalton kind of screwed us on the other end for that one. But the Bucks came through, and they might be coming through again. Eight and a half down to two and a half this is the perfect teaser spot like it was last week because you're getting the home favorite of over seven, meaning the Bucks are currently laying eight and a half. Tease them down by six, cross the key numbers of seven and three, and now you just need the Bucks to win by field goal, which they have done 11 times. So oddly enough, and we, and we mentioned this last week because we got them down to minus one and a half, but they've actually pushed on two. They've won a couple of games by two points twice. So they're 11, four, and two ATS. If they were laying two in the hook in every single game this year, oddly enough, if Philly was catching two in the hook, they'd be nine and eight against the spread. Look, the Eagles may put up a decent fight. I mean, we've seen Tampa Bay struggle against lesser opponents. That's for sure. And I'm not rushing to lay a high spread with this Tampa Bay team that is still banged up and still just is very worrisome in a lot of areas. So if you're looking to bet the Bucks, I think absolutely your best option would be to tease them down against this Philly team that, hey, you know, you've had an impressive season. Expectations were incredibly low. Maybe you keep it close against the Bucks. At the end of the day, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady should take care of business and should at least be able to defeat the Eagles by three or more points. Let's move on to the 49ers and Cowboys next. This line is at three. Heck, maybe it goes down to two and a half. Then you get the short road dog for the 49ers, and he could tease them up through three and seven. He could still do the tease up here from plus three to plus nine, and the 49ers have been playing a lot better. We know that for a fact. And just look at that second-half performance against the Rams. Desperation needed, and it came through. And now they're, they're getting a tough matchup against the Cowboys, no doubt about that. But if San Francisco... Because in order to win, they would have to lose by nine or less. If they were catching nine in each game, they would be 15-2 and two against the spread. So they've only lost by more than nine points twice this year. And that was versus the Colts, 30-18. to 18, They dropped it. Then versus Arizona, 31-17. to 17. Dallas, in order to lose your bet, would have to win by 10 or more. They've done that seven times this season. They have an average winning margin, believe it or not, of 27 at home. So maybe that scares you a little bit. But a lot of sharp money seems to be going on the 49ers just with the generic spread. So if you want even a little bit more padding, then maybe it tees up the 49ers in that spot against the Cowboys. Finally, Cardinals-Rams. This one might be the other leg to the teaser that I would maybe pair with the Bucks or the Bengals here. I really like this spot for the Cardinals on the road against the Rams. This thing opened five, went to four and a half. Now it's at four. So this would, of course, have to be a six and a half point teaser with the spread at four to get you over seven and ten. And in order to win, Arizona would have to lose by 10 or less. And if you're going to get 
You know, if you're going to lose in this game, the Rams would have to win by more than 10, which they really haven't done that often. They've done it four times. That's why we teased up the 49ers against them last week. They had a 17-point lead, and they blew it. They've covered. They've won by more than 10 against the Bears, the Giants, the Texans, the Jags. What did we say last week when we talked about that? Their current opponent is a little bit better than those teams. Same goes for the Cardinals here, who if they were catching 10 in the hook in every single game, they would have covered that every single spot except two. They lost 34-10 to versus Carolina. That was Colt McCoy playing. And then 30-12 to at Detroit. I got nothing. No excuse for that game. They just had a terrible outing. But I think if you can tease up the Cardinals to plus 10.5, I think that's an excellent way to approach this game. I don't even hate the idea of just taking the points with the Cardinals in this spot. When we were discussing it yesterday, I was saying, well, I kind of want to see what the status of DeAndre Hopkins is. But if you get him over 10, I think you're sitting pretty fine with the Cardinals. So that would be a top teaser leg, as well as the Bengals and or Bucks angle. So I haven't done anything officially. I'll probably add something throughout the remainder of the week, but just to keep in the back of your mind. All right, more NFL playoff discussion coming up next. Danielle Elvari talks all things L.A. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. 
Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available. And as I always say, you get hooked up several episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. And joining us next here on Rush Hour, host of the Los Angeles CityCast, it's Danielle Elvari. You can give her a follow on the tweets at Danielle Elvari. And again, host of the Los Angeles CityCast, wherever you get them available, she's got you hooked up with all things L.A. sports. And Danielle, we were just talking about these playoff games, so we got to kick it off with that for you. Tell us your thoughts, Rams-Cardinals. This game arguably going to be one of the most interesting and the last one on the slate. So it opened five, and it looks like Arizona's getting some of the love now down to four. What have your thoughts been on this game? Well, it's tough, right? Because we've seen these two teams play already twice this season. So we kind of have a sample size here, but both games were very, very different. The Cardinals beat the heck out of the Rams in the first meeting, and then the Rams go and beat them the second time. And they were both very high scoring games. So when we take a look at this game, it's easy to see that it could go either way as far as the spread is concerned. When I look at that total, though, 49 and a half is so high. I think it was up to 50 at some spots as well. Um, and I could easily see that happen, right? Especially with the way that Matt Stafford has been playing. I don't really trust him to take care of the ball. So the Cardinals offense is going to be able to score and possibly their defense is going to be able to score as well. So understand that high total here, but these are two top 10 defenses as well. I mean, the Rams are fifth in DVOA. The Cardinals are 10th. Uh, but at the same time, the Cardinals did allow 30 points to the Lions. So I don't know what that was. But if I look at this matchup, I look at it more like how the Cardinals-Cowboys game looked. I'm thinking like 25-22, something like that. Um, the total did go over the two times these last teams, the last time these teams played. But I think we're going to see it tighten up a little bit more in playoffs here. Um, and I do think that we'll see something below 49 and a half. But the reason I don't want to bet the under is what I said, which is I don't trust Matt Stafford to not be giving the Cardinals opportunities to score on both sides of the ball. And that's really not even for the total, but just is what this whole game comes down to. And you could say you don't trust Stafford, which I don't. And But at the same time, can you trust Cliff Kingsbury? Can you trust his Cardinals team that is inexplainable what happened against the Lions. I was trying to make sense of it last segment, couldn't do it. You were trying to make sense of it. Nobody can make sense of that game. Not only did they lose, but they lost in impressive fashion. And, of course, you're missing Hopkins. You're missing some defensive pieces. But I still feel like in this division rivalry, as you alluded to, I mean, he had two sample sizes. But taking the points, I, I just feel like it could be one of those closer games. And even if you don't necessarily trust that to be the case, Danielle, uh, we, we kicked it off with Teaser Tuesday. I, I think teasing up Arizona to maybe plus 10 and a half could be a viable way to approach it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually loved what you did last week with uh, the 49ers and Rams game where you tease that Niners total or uh, side rather up to 10 and a half because I jumped on that as well with you and I wanted to have both LA teams in it. So I had the chargers in there, even though it's not a true Wong teaser or anything like that. Uh, but that saved me because that actually ended up pushing because as we know, the chargers lost by three. So I like your idea here with the teasers, especially as it pertains to playoffs right now. I think that it's going to be a really close game and similar to a Raiders chargers matchup. Both times those two teams played this season. I said, it's going to be a close game. Give me the points. Um, and both times that has been let down. So I think the best way probably is to throw this in a teaser. I like it. All right, Danielle, I got to ask you, I know not necessarily L.A., but, you know, in the same state, and it's still a very intriguing game. So I wanted to get your thoughts on the 49ers and the Cowboys. Another close spread, three in favor of Dak Prescott and company. This totals at 50 and a half. I honestly get the argument for both sides here. And again, you could maybe tease up San Francisco if you want more of that cushion. I'm just waiting to hear a lot more people's thoughts. So what are you thinking for this game? 
Well, first of all, I don't trust the Cowboys with my money anymore because I respect myself. So um, <laughs> I cannot I cannot bet the Cowboys here in this spot. And I think uh, what tells me that this is going to be this high scoring of a game? Now, I get it because I look back at the Dallas games and there's a lot of high scoring games. But if you rule out the two overtime games, the Raiders and the Patriots games, uh, six of their games this season have gone over this number. Um and I mean, it might even just be five now if it's up to 50, 50 and a half, but they were against really bad teams when those games were happening. The Eagles both times went over, the Giants, the Panthers, the Washington football team. Maybe you're noticing a pattern here. The 49ers defense is sixth in DVOA. Again, the Eagles were 15th. That was the best one that they faced when they were having those really high scoring games. The Giants were 27th, the Panthers were 20th. Um, so when you look at this, it's not going to be like that type of game. If anything, again, I'm going to say it's something similar to what we saw in Cardinals Cowboys, right? Um, I think that the Cardinals defense is a little bit more reminiscent of what we're going to see for the 49ers. So maybe 25, 22, something like that. I think it'll get close to this total, but I don't think it's going to go over and it shouldn't um, if the 49ers want to have a chance at winning this game. But I get it. Dallas first in points per game, yards per play, points per play, and they're seventh in opponents points per play. So uh, it makes sense that we would see a high scoring game, but with these defenses, I don't think we'll get quite over 50. All right. And before we move on to basketball, cause I know we got a Clippers game tonight. Was there any other matchup for wildcard weekend that stood out to you? You know, I haven't looked at it very closely yet because I don't try to get early value anymore because we don't know who's going to be playing. It seems <laughs> like at any given moment. Uh, so I okay. haven't looked at it very closely yet, but I'm sure I'm going to try to find a team to put uh, in a teaser with probably that Rams game. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah, we'll be out there looking forward on the Los Angeles City Cast. You're right. I mean, look, I got burned by teasing up the Bears, assuming Fields was going to go in. And then they had the 14-point lead with Dalton and, well, you know the rest. That was the most infuriating game, even though it meant nothing for the Bears. But that's just Chicago I saw you football. going off on Twitter. <laughs> it, it was ridiculous, Danny. I mean, it's just so frustrating. And then you get, you know, I kick in the rant about everything. And, you know, check out the Chicago City Cast if you want me to rant about that and the whole organization more so. But oh, we move on, Danielle. <laughs> uh, tell us about the Nuggets and the Clippers tonight. This line is moving a lot in favor toward Denver. I think it opened up like Pickham. Now it's up to three and a half at Bet Rivers. This totals at two thirteen and a half. And I get both teams are banged up, especially more so with the Clippers. Do you think Jokic just takes control and dominates over this Clippers squad, or uh, what are you thinking is the outcome? Well, with Isaiah Hartenstein still out for the Clippers, then yes, that completely opens up the lane, right, for uh, Nikola Jokic to dominate the Clippers here a little bit more. I mean, they have Zubak back, who was in health and safety protocols recently, so he's back in the mix, at least for them. Um, but like you said, both these teams dealing with a lot of COVID and injury issues on both sides here. So it makes it not very fun to bet because you're really getting an unknown combination of players, it seems like, every game. The Clippers, though, what I will say, I don't know if it's a culture thing or what you will about the Clippers, but their defense has been pretty stalwart. It's kind of maintained even as players have rotated in and out. So I was playing the Clippers unders for a lot of games because this defense was so good, but then they started playing really good offensive teams. And when I'm talking good, I'm talking top 10 offense or better. Um, and now we're looking at like a Nuggets team that, you know, 17th in efficiency differential, 17th in points per 100, uh, per 100 possessions seventh in effective field goal percentage. So not a huge shooting team. They're going to have a really easy time in the paint, as we mentioned, with um, with all of those players out. But they are a heavy three-point shooting team. And so 
that's really where they're going to be doing their work anyways on the other side of the court. So I think we're going to see a really low scoring game here. It's seven and two to the under in the last nine for the Nuggets. Um, and the only time that those games went over was when they were going to play a really high paced, high offense team, kind of like a Hawks or something like that. So I do think that we're going to see an under in this game. I said if it was anything under 220, I actually would would like under. And 213 is just right around there. It sounds weird, like I want the number to be low. But if the books are expecting a low-scoring game, I think it's going to be even more low-scoring than they're expecting here. All right, Danielle, we got about a minute remaining. I know you love some college basketball, and it's not with your alma mater, unfortunately. But we got to talk about the Trojans, their highest ranking since, I believe, 1974. Right now they're playing Stanford. They're actually down by three in the second half, 10 minutes remaining. Live line, a point-and-a-half favorite. Uh, what's been your outlook for this USC squad? And maybe do you have an in-game approach now that they're trailing by a few? First of all, let me put a bet in really quick, Danny. Okay, because I've been waiting for this line. I've been waiting. I've been eyeballing this game the whole time. And in the first half, you could not get anything lower than USC minus five and a half, which is around what it closed at. So there we go. Now I'm finally getting a minus one and a half. Um, I definitely want to take that because USC has been doing better at cleaning up their mistakes in the second half. The one area they've been struggling with is their turnovers. They're incredibly good at rebounding. Their defense has been incredible. Isaiah Mobley has been doing a great job. They're a little bit more experienced than last year and they're undefeated. 13 and 0 and the only other team to do that right now is the number one team right now Baylor right so um, this USC team is for real I wasn't sure at the start of the season because I hadn't really seen them play any decent competition but now as we see them going a little bit more deep into the season I think that this USC team is really going to create a lot of problems especially in the Pac-12 the Pac-12 tournament is going to be dog eat dog. Oh, absolutely. Hey, we're looking forward to it. I know you got to run. You got to make that live bet really quick and still get a decent number at this moment. Minus 121 money line at Bet Rivers or point and a half minus 103. They're down by three. Still plenty of time. But hey, better than what you would have got pre-flop. So, uh, Danielle, we will be sweating that one out, I'm sure, with you. But thank you for taking some time and go enjoy the rest of that game. Thanks, Danny. You got it. At Danielle Elvari on Twitter. Again, host of the Los Angeles City Cast. All things LA sports. She's got you covered. And like she said, she'll be adding more plays for the NFL wildcard weekend throughout the week. Coming up next, we will keep it on the hardwood NBA wise. Nick Whalen, NBA editor over at RotoWire, joining us next right here. It is Rush Hour on Visa. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. VSN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. You can try our all new Big Game Big Dance Special, which provides VSN Plus all access to everything we do from right now through April 5th for only $69. So sign up now and get our daily best bets emails. Also 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vsin.com with all of our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vsin.com slash big deal to sign up today. That's vsin.com slash big deal. Speaking of big deals, how about Nick Whalen, folks? A big deal in the NBA, especially over at RotoWire, where he serves as the NBA editor. Joining us on Rush Hour, we got an eventful NBA slate to look forward to, and especially we're pumped here in the Chicagoland area. Uh, we're disappointed with everything else going in Chicago sports, so we really have to appreciate the Bulls, and it could be a very 
advantageous spot tonight, Nick, against this Pistons squad because the Bulls are right around 13.5-point favorites. Total at 219.5. It's never fun to lay that big of spreads in the NBA, but do you trust the Pistons enough to keep it close against Chicago? You know what? I'm not sure I do. And and first of all, I mean, condolences to your Chicago Bears who finished <laughs> out the season with a bit of a whimper and then somehow one of the worst oh. uh, press conferences I think that I've ever seen. Uh, but, you know, you have your, your Chicago Bulls who are looking like a title contender in the East. So hopefully they can keep that riding. You know, like you said, when you see a spread this high, 13 and a half points is what I'm seeing right now. You know, generally that that's kind of a stay away for me. But, you know, the Bulls have repeatedly kind of taking care of business in these spots throughout this season. This is a tough home road back-to-back for Detroit uh, after playing Utah last night. Uh, the Bulls are 17-9 and against the spread as a favorite this season. They're 12-6 and against the spread at home. They're 10-5 and against the spread as a home favorite. And meanwhile, Detroit is just 2-6 and against the spread coming off of a win this season. And, of course, they haven't had a ton of wins, uh, but a big emotional victory over the Utah at home last night i think both these are kind of like, you know chicago got smacked around by dallas over the weekend i think this is a major bounce back spot for chicago and i think this is a major letdown spot for detroit after that big win over utah yeah and hey i mean i'm with you too when you get these high spreads even if it looks like it's so much in favor of one side being the bulls versus the pistons which i'm not saying is the incorrect way if you do have some patience maybe the bulls have been prone to starting off slow or letting the opponent back in and of course live betting could always be your best friend and you could look to attack it that way but i'm with you i mean these are obviously two teams trending in opposite directions and the bulls just hopefully getting healthier and healthier which with each night passing and tonight they could just absolutely lay the hammer down on Detroit. Nick, let's go on to a game that uh, is probably going to be a little bit more entertaining and probably closer in terms of the scoreboard. Phoenix on the road against Toronto. Now the Suns have been a lot of fun to watch this season after their great year last year. On the road in this spot, though, they're a five-and-a-half-point favorite. This total is high as 223. What's your handicapping assessment for this matchup? Well, it's interesting to to monitor the spread here, which has been moving, you know, over the last half hour even after we learned that Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent are both out for the Toronto Raptors tonight. And, you know, it was up at five and a half in favor of Phoenix. Now I'm seeing it's down back to five uh, in favor of the Suns. In terms of that line, I, I think I like the Suns to cover tonight. I mean, no Cam Johnson for Phoenix, but missing two starters on the other side for Toronto in Barnes and Trent. That's a big deal. I mean, it's not Van Vliet, it's not Siakam, but, you know, those are two major, major contributors for this Raptors team that kind of needs everybody uh, on every night to beat a team like Phoenix. You look at the ATS numbers, Phoenix is eight and five as a road favorite this season. They're 19 and 16 against the spread as a favorite overall. And the biggest thing now is you have DeAndre Ayton back in the mix after that COVID absence. You know, he, he Phoenix kind of got smacked by Miami in his first game back over the weekend, but I thought he had a full compliment, I should say, of minutes. And, you know, I think Toronto is one that we've talked about over and over this season as a potential matchup to target. And now you take Scotty Barnes out, and we're going to see a lot of Ken Birch. We're probably going to see more Chris Boucher than we want to see tonight. I think that's the particular matchup that favors the Suns. Yeah, and look, hey, the Suns people thought maybe would kind of have a hangover coming into this season, and really they've just still been on cruise control. So, yeah, this could be another favorable match for them on the road against Toronto. Nick, let's see if we could squeeze in some action. 7 o'clock p.m. Central time for the Warriors and Grizzlies game. This one's going to be a lot of fun, and the spread 
Well, this one opened up with Golden State maybe about a point and a half favorite or so, and you've seen slight love go toward them now up to two and a half. 220 and a half is where this total resides. The Grizzlies have just been as almost as much of a fun team watching John Moran, especially with that highlight the other night. The dude's been unreal. Do you like Golden State? Is that the right movement going toward them? Do you agree with that? You know, I, I think that's probably the right move. Uh, that is not the move that I'm going to make because, you know, maybe this is wishful thinking on my part, but I, I want Memphis to get this done. This would be 10 straight wins for the Memphis Grizzlies. They're at home. This feels like one of the very few NBA regular season games, not only this season, but over the last like two or three seasons, that truly matters, right? I mean, this is, you know, no Draymond Green for Golden State, but this is a, you know, a team in Memphis that's looking to kind of knock on the door and, and maybe enter that top three, top four conversation in the Western Conference. And you have the team that's sitting at the top of the standings right now in Golden State. I mean, Memphis on the back of this nine game winning streak is only three and a half games behind Golden State right now. They're only a half game behind the Utah Jazz. Uh, so they're very much in that conversation. I think they want to break through and prove to the rest of the NBA that they are one of those teams that belongs truly in the top tier in the Western Conference. And I think a win here would go a long way toward proving that. Now, there's so much going on in this game. Uh, you know, Draymond is gone uh, on the Golden State side. You have you know, potentially no Steven Adams for Memphis, no Dylan Brooks for Memphis. It's Klay Thompson's second game back. We're still not quite sure what we think uh, he's going to look like as he gets up to speed. So there are a ton of variables here. but the Warriors are just three and three straight up this season with no Draymond Green. I still don't fully trust Clay Thompson. I mean, we saw him put up 18 shots in 20 minutes on Sunday. I thought he was maybe a little over aggressive. I think it's going to take him a few more games to truly get back to where he needs to be. So I, I think Memphis is the side I want to roll with here at home. I, I think it's a it's an emotional uh, type of game for the Memphis Grizzlies, and it, it probably means more to Memphis than it does to Golden State. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. I mean, a young team with a lot to prove, especially with the momentum maybe of Klay Thompson being back in the mix, but hard to overlook Draymond Green not being in the mix. Like he said, 3-3 three and three without him on the court. The young aspiring team in Memphis, that could be worth some of that plus money, about plus 114 on the money line or taking the two and a half points at home tonight against the Warriors. Last game we'll get into, Nick. We discussed this a little bit earlier with Danielle Alvari. Uh, host of the Los Angeles City Cast, so she's really got her ear to the grindstone with all things LA, and we were handicapping this game, and what's interesting is that this line keeps moving toward Denver. They're now a three-and-a-half point favorite, total going down to 213-and-a-half. Now, the Clippers are incredibly banged up. Do you see this being kind of a very just big-time feasting for Jokic, and would you maybe even consider some of his player props? I think his points prop is like 26-and-a-half tonight. Yeah, I mean, every single night at this point is like a big-time feast for Nikola Jokic, right? I mean, his floor is just unbelievably high, whether you're talking fantasy, whether you're talking DFS, whether you're talking, you know, points, rebounds, assist props. Uh, there's really nobody who is as consistent as he is night to night. It doesn't matter if Denver wins by 20 or loses by 20. seems like he's still getting his, like, 28, 15, to 6 every single night. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's the angle you attack here is start to look at those Jokic props. Uh, but I, I, if, you, if you want me to pick a side here, I think it's Denver to cover – uh, that three and a half on the road. I mean, you look at the last 10 games. So essentially, you know, without Paul George, the Clippers are down to 26th in the NBA in offensive rating during that span. Um, and you look at this roster, that's not all that surprising, right? You take Kawhi Leonard away, you take Paul George away. All of a sudden, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Luke Kennard, like, are, are those your top three offensive options? Uh, that's kind of what they're dealing with right now. So I know they are coming off of a win over Atlanta the other night, but pretty much everybody's beating the Hawks right now. So I don't want to read too far into that. And, and prior to that, they dropped four out of five games. Um, you know, again, Denver not exactly killing it either, but 
Will Barton actually looks like he could play in this game. They're getting Aaron Gordon back up to speed. And of course, you have by far the best player in this game in Nikola Jokic. So it's going to be the Nuggets side. Yeah, hard to look the other way. And I was maybe going to do that, but now that it's at three and a half, I don't know. Maybe we'll, we still got plenty of time, 930. Yeah. We'll see if there's some buyback on the Clippers, but might have to get a little piece of the Nuggets in that spot. Like you said, I mean, look, they still got some weapons out there. And just because the Clippers have been a little bit gritty, you know, Hawks, take that with a grain of salt. So I'm with you there with look toward the side of Denver. Nick, we are up against it, my man. Appreciate you always giving us some insight in the NBA, especially with the slate tonight. Keep up the great work, and we'll look forward to more action later on. Hey, same to you, man. We'll get this camera working, and I'll be able to see you next time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we got to see the Nick Whalen mustache. It's tradition here every time he comes out, folks. But give him a follow on Twitter, at Whalen, instead of the L. It is a one great NBA content, not only on his Twitter feed, but again, He's the NBA editor over at Rotowire. Coming up next here on Rush Hour, we will have our final segment, which means I will be unveiling Danny's Dimes, my best bets for tonight and a little bit later in the week because we got a couple plays on the puck. We moved to 15 and 13 with our NHL record, getting the nice dub with the Bruins, even money on the money line last night against the Capitals. So got two more plays with hockey tonight and now we're going to talk about one of those nfl games or wild card weekend we briefly teased it a little bit with danielle but i wanted to offer more of my insight into the way i'm going to be betting that 49ers and cowboys game so stick around danny's dimes couple plays in hockey one in nfl coming up next it is rush hour right here on beeson the sports betting network I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet Rivers Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level because now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. So download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. 
Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. one 3500 in Virginia. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Playable in New Jersey as play Sugar House Void, where prohibited. Okay, folks, final segment on this Tuesday edition of Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at DannyBurke5 for VEASAN, at VEASAN Live on the tweets. Since it is the final segment of the show, it is time for my best bets, a.k.a. Danny's Dime. So let's go ahead, get into those tonight. Beautiful animation that we love. There it is, Danny's Dimes. Uh, last night, look, it was an interesting night because we had Georgia first half team total over 13 and a half. Not even close, but at least we had our Georgia 7-1 ticket come through from beginning of the year, really in August, I think, is when we placed it. And then we had a nice dub in hockey with the Bruins on the money line, even money against the Capitals. I was going to say Penguins because that's what I'm thinking right now. We are taking the Penguins tonight. For our first bet of the evening, Pittsburgh, give me them on the money line against the Anaheim Ducks. 9 p.m. Central Time puck drop on the road is Pittsburgh, but a lot of the love on the market is what Pittsburgh is receiving. Minus 135, now up to minus 180 at Bet Rivers. So again, always say subscribe to VEASAN. Check out the best bets log page so you can get some of these bets sooner rather than later to hopefully get some of these better odds. I got a minus 165, so look, I'm still laying a decent amount with Pittsburgh. Minus 180 is pretty steep, so I'm not going to implore you per se to go run and bet that. But if you do want to go with the puck line, plus 135 is a decent route or always to win in regulation. Nevertheless, the reason why I do like Pittsburgh in this game is because the Ducks still have about five players in protocol, uh, three on the injured reserve. And really, I just like the goalie matchup here and just how this Pittsburgh team's been playing as of late. So you got Tristan Jerry, the Pittsburgh goalie, who's 17-6-4 this season. He's got a goals against average of 1.94 overall, along with 93% with his saves. Three shutouts, and all three of those shutouts, oddly enough, coming on road ice where he's actually done a little bit better, 9-3-2, 1.84 goals against average. So for whatever reason, he's been phenomenal on road ice. Anthony Stolar is going to be taking the net, it looks like, for the Ducks on the other side. He's 6-3-1, 2.22 goals against average, also 93% with his save, so he ain't too shabby. 4-2-1 uh, at home, 2.3 goals against average, and one shutout on home ice. But look, these teams have already played before. Pittsburgh did win one nothing. That was on December 11th. But I look at the steam coming for Pittsburgh. Look at how great they've been playing lately. Anaheim, yeah, they've had their moments. But I do believe Pittsburgh is the rightful favorite at minus 180. Again, it's it's a little too steep. If you get it, maybe like minus 175 or less, I would recommend it. So shop around or maybe be a little bit hesitant with the in game. But I do believe the Penguins get the job done tonight against the Ducks. So that's my first play and the first one in hockey. Let me get you another bet on the puck, and that's going to be out in Sin City. VGK, a team that's been struggling at home, hoping the struggles continue because I am backing the Toronto Maple Leafs this evening who opened up, well, it was a pick for both teams, and now you're seeing Toronto minus 118 at Bet Rivers. I bet them minus 115, so of course would still recommend minus 118 for the squad that Look, they are coming off a loss at Colorado, 5-4 to four in overtime, but it was a respectable loss. VGK, you can't really say the same, right? I mean, they lost to Chicago, who prior to that, the Blackhawks lost, I think, 6-4 to four to the Coyotes, who are the worst team in the NHL. 
in some way, somehow, the Blackhawks can just, I don't I'm not going to get into the rant about another Chicago team, but you get my point. This VGK team has been very volatile, and it was a Marc-Andre Fleury return game, I guess, so, you know, a little bit of incentive more so. But also, Toronto took care of business against VGK earlier this season. 4 nothing at home, Toronto handled business against the Golden Knights. They're still missing Pacioretty, and now their defenseman, Alec Martinez. And again, for whatever reason, VGK just hasn't been consistent at home. And Robin Leonard looks like he'll be back in the mix. He's 15-10-0, 2.92 goals against average, 91% with his saves. But at home, he's just 8-6-0, 2.93 goals against average, and only saving about 90% of his shots. And he was tending the net in that game against Toronto where he allowed four goals, had a save percentage of 87% in that spot. Speaking of Toronto, Jack Campbell's been one of the top goalies in the NHL this season. He has been dominating. 17-5-3 is his overall record, under 2.0 goals against average, and 94%. That's right, 94% with his saves. Along with that, four shutouts this season. On the road, 5-2-2. Two, and two. And versus VGK, well, he was in that game. Didn't allow any goals in the spot where they already beat VGK for nothing. So, yeah, maybe it's a revenge angle for the Golden Knights here, but they're still a little bit more so of a banged-up team. They've been rough. They've been going back and forth and back and forth, have not, again, found that consistency. Where Toronto on the other side, yeah, you're coming off that loss versus Colorado, but you heard pretty much everybody on the team saying, well, you know, there's not too much. I mean, you're disappointed you didn't come up with a dub, but at the end of the day, we still feel really good with where we're at. VGK, I'm not saying they're in panic mode right now. They're still sitting pretty good in their division, but the thing is, they just know that they're better than this because they've only known to be better than this. So they're really dealing with some adversity. And Toronto's kind of trending in the other way as VGK right now. So I agree with the line movement. And I played the Maple Leafs tonight on the money line, minus 115. Again, you could get about minus 118 right now at Bet Rivers, which I still really like for Toronto in Sin City against VGK. So those are the two plays I got in hockey. Let's move to the National Football League now. My first play for NFL wildcard weekend. It's kind of funny. I mean, we were talking about this game with Danielle, San Francisco, Dallas, and she was thinking the opposite of me. So that's not ideal. Always respect Danielle's thoughts when it comes to the NFL. And she really likes those totals. So that's why I don't like that we're on the opposite sides here because I actually like the over for the 49ers and Cowboys. So I bet this thing over 50. You're seeing it at 50 and a half right now, which I would still bet unless you want to buy down and spend a little bit more. I mean, I don't think you really need to. I think this game probably could get to at least 52. But I like this over for a few reasons. Now, Danielle's right. I mean, with this number at 50, San Francisco's only gone over this six times this season. Dallas, they've gone over it eight times. But look at what these teams have done offensively. If you look at what they're averaging yards per play, San Francisco, we don't really think of them having a dominating offense per se. But overall, they're first in the NFL yards per play. 6.1, number one in the National Football League. Dallas averaging six, that puts them third best. The last three games, San Francisco was actually averaging 6.7 yards per play, which is second best, as well as Dallas, 6.7, second best. On the road, San Francisco averaging 6.2 yards per play, second best at home. Dallas averaging 6.2, number one in the NFL. You could think that they can move the ball pretty frequently. However, maybe wait a little bit because we do recognize that both of these defenses are stout. Now, opponent yards per play, San Francisco overall allowing 5.1, Dallas 5.5. Last three games, San Francisco 4.2, which is second. 
Dallas 4.9. On the road, San Fran defensively allowing their opponents 5 yards per play. Dallas 5.6, which is 10th. So look, San Francisco at the end of the day as of late has been a little bit better defensively. And Dallas has a good pass defense. Nobody's denying that. Micah Parsons is a beast. That defensive front from Dallas has been good when healthy. And we know Diggs has been a monster. But also, look, we see his highlight plays. But really, he's given up a ton of yardage to who's, to whomever he's really going face-to-face against. They rank 16th as Dallas in DVOA run defense, second in the passing game. But if San Francisco gets that run game going, which take, for example, what they did against the Rams when they were that three-and-a-half-point dog, they're just ground and pounding and controlling possession, a lot of points scored. They were moving the ball. That could maybe be a similar case here, and they do really well if they find their groove with play action. you got to rely on Jimmy G, but you still got Debo. you still got Ayuk, and you still got Kittle and Elijah Mitchell, some weapons that can absolutely move this ball against Dallas. As for the 49ers defensively, their weakness is, is their passing game. We stressed this yesterday. Their secondary is what is causing me some concerns to want to trust them outright in this game. They rank 16th in DVOA pass defense, and they're second in the run, so it's a complete flip-flop of what we just talked about with the Cowboys. But Dak Prescott, with his receiving weapons, I think they're going to have a field day in the air. Whether they're trailing, whether they just keep passing it, I think they're going to be able to do it consistently and successfully, which should push the ball downfield frequently, be able to aid in terms of the points. You're seeing the market move for the total going over 49.5, as high as 51. But 50.5 is the number right now at Bed Rivers. Again, I played 50, would still play 50.5. So I think that's a good look before it moves because it is shaded to the over. I like Sam Fran, Dallas over 50 or 50.5 if you're still just getting that number. And aside from that, tonight in hockey, we're taking the Maple Leafs on the money line minus 115 and the Penguins minus the buck 65 on the road against Anaheim. Best of luck with whatever you play. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Rush Hour. Until tomorrow, take care and best of luck, folks. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.